1: When we feed and clothe, visit those in prison, we show that we have been changed and transformed by the power of the Spirit of God. Yes, there is a cause and effect. If Christ is living in you, you automatically develop over time a compassion for the less fortunate. However, we can give them food and feed them for a season, or we can give them Jesus and feed them for eternity. Today. Today. Today
0: today, with Jeff Fiennes pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. Hello, this is Today with Jeff Vines. My name is Bill. Thanks for joining me. We're in a new series from Pastor Jeff. He's talking about going all in, all in with our hearts, minds, and our relationship with Jesus. Today, we hear the rest of a message about loving people and loving God. We started it last time, so head back and have a listen if you need. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines on your favourite podcast app. Let's finish off now with Pastor Jeff. He's in Matthew chapter 25.
1: Now, I wanna take you a little bit of a historical journey. And this is good for everyone to hear so you know a little bit more about us. A lot of visitors, a lot of new people coming to our church by the hundreds every weekend. It's important that you know who we are. If we go all the way back to 2010, God gave us a vision. We were busting at the seams on this campus, but we did not feel led by God to go in major debt to build something. We thought instead of going up, let's go wide. And so we had, God gave us a vision for four campuses that would surround this valley. And in the middle of those four campuses, we would have a care center and that care center would feed and clothe and visit those in prison and, and counseling services free from addiction. God's hand, his, his anointing has been on this church and it has gone from success to success. We truly believe that we can have a fully devoted follower in every home in this valley. But to do so, we've begun to understand that you have to be intentional about that. You gotta count the cost. I always encourage you to get involved in your local church if it's possible. I know in some places it's not because there's not a local church around you. We say that we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ as though Jesus is making his appeal through us. We say that we are God's plan to reach the world and there's no plan B and we really believe that. Now here's the here's the beautiful thing of it. God has already shown Himself to be faithful. He gave us the vision, and since 2010, do you know that we've had over 2,000 salvations, 2,000 first time decisions for Christ. Over 5,000 people have experienced baptism, and now even presently, we have over a thousand people right now participating in. I love my city. That is, they're using their gifts, talents, abilities, time, resources to help those who are less fortunate. So God gave us the vision, and he's proven himself faithful. So now the question is, since he's shown to us that when we follow his calling and vision, that the God who calls us assumes the responsibility to equip his church and individual to accomplish his purposes in the world. Now, there are two major areas as we move forward. Because as I've said before, we not only want people who are far from God to come near to God, we want people near to God to come nearer. Why? Because we love you. And we know that your ability to weather the coming storm, it's coming, your ability to weather the coming storm is directly related to your spiritual maturity. You cannot dictate the events of your life, but you can dictate your response, and your response is dictated by your maturity. In James, we read, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. As a result, we want to be intentional at one and all church, so we have what we call the one and all growth path. We want to be very clear of how God moves us from A to B, where we begin and where he wants us to end. Now, obviously, the end doesn't come till the second coming, but there is an end goal God has in mind for every individual he's called to one and all in the here and now. So we want you, first of all, to receive Jesus. Maybe you were somebody's one life, and now you came and you heard the gospel, and after you receive Christ and repent of your sins, Confess your sins. We ask you to be baptized because that's what the scriptures ask you to do. In the book of Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, thousands of people got saved. Thousands of people were baptized as a result of dying to their old way and being resurrected to a new way of life. But it doesn't stop there. It only stops there when you're looking for a loophole. Somehow, if I could do something right to be accepted, that's just your beginning. Because at that point, then you go onto that growth path of knowing God. That means you're committed to sitting under the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. You're saved by grace through faith. Now we want you to grow in your knowledge and intimacy with Christ. You do that as you participate in worship in hearing the message of the word, in reading your Bible, which is why we go to the next part. You're in a growth path where you're growing together. You are meeting with a group of people regularly who you're praying with, who hold you accountable, who you hold accountable, who you're maturing in your relationship with Christ because God calls all kinds of people with all kinds of different uh, giftings and also wisdom that maybe you don't have as you bring wisdom that you have that somebody else doesn't have you get involved in these growth groups. You're part of a community. So to be all in means that you've received Christ. You've been baptized. You're sitting under the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. You're living life in community with others who you can hold accountable, who hold you accountable, and who stretch you and who grow you. And then we know that you're growing when you go to the next phase and you're making a difference. You start serving In some area, it doesn't mean 50 hours a week. It just means that you know God has called you with your specific gifts and this specific time to serve, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. So we help you find your gifts and your talents and your abilities. And we know, we know that you're serious and it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you when you complete the circle and you go all in. Now, here's the question. Let's review this quickly. We're saying that God has already shown himself to be faithful by giving us a vision and accomplishing it. So remember the Bible says, if I can trust you with a little, I'll trust you with much. So God has shown us, he's trustworthy. We've given him a little up to this point and he's done much with it. And now God wants to do an amazing work through his church. And that means that since he's proven himself to be faithful, he is asking us as a congregation to go all in and go all in. You know, the last thing people get is your money. And with Jesus, where his kingdom is concerned, he tells us wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so here is the way we look at our finances. Now notice I've covered this last your talents, your abilities, your resources belong to God to do something greater than you could ever imagine, immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. He's proven himself faithful. In the scripture, here is how we understand our relationship to God concerning our financial resources. It's four steps. Number one, we give 10% of everything that comes into our hand. Now, what that means is there seems to be in scripture a legal right that God has to require from us the first fruits of our lives as an indication that our heart has been changed and we realize that everything we own belongs to God and everything that comes into our hand is a gift of God. Now, this may surprise some of you, but let's say they say the average income in our area is somewhere around 80000 I know it could be less, it could be more. Whatever it is, when I say come into your hand, I do that because, let's be honest, the government gets... right away. You may not like it, but that's just the way it is. What actually comes into your hand if you make this much is somewhere around 65,000. 10% of 65,000 is 6,500. That is what we call the tithe. That just means the the 10th off the top. So in reality, if you make this much, and this is an important point here, if you make this much money, you have access to this because the government gets this and God gets this off the top. That's what we understand the scriptures to teach. Now, is this something legal where we're going to come to your house? No. Is it something? I'll never know what most of you ever give. That's between you and God. I get it. But in order for us to go all in, we have to understand this is the calling on our lives. Think about it. God gives you everything, everything that you have as acknowledgement that he is the giver of every good and perfect gift and that you trust him for your future. This is a huge step in discipleship. You tithe, you give 10% of what is given into your hand by God himself. And look how much this belongs to you. If this is the scenario, this belongs with you to do with, hopefully to even expand the kingdom of God farther. So we say, give 10% of all that comes into your hand. Then we say, give God the first fruits. This, again, is the concept. Try to get away from some kind of legal percentage. This is not the point of what we're communicating. We're simply saying there is a cause and effect in Scripture. If you truly believe that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift and you trust him to provide for your future, then as a sign, an outward sign, you give him the first fruits off the top. You don't wait and give leftovers you don't wait and see how much money you have at the end of the month you say god gets this first because i'm positioning myself in a place where i trust god and know that he will be faithful to provide all my needs three invest in the thing that pleases the heart of god and makes the heavens rejoice so if i were to look at your budget where would i see that your heart is in what do you invest most of your stuff most of your resources Again, this is part of what it means to go all in. This is part of what it means to be a fully devoted disciple, follower of Jesus Christ. This is what you do. And nobody forces you to do it. Nobody's watching you hanging over your shoulder. I'm simply trying to say to you, when your heart has been changed, you will have a passion to invest in the same things that makes God happy. And what makes God happy is when people far from God come near to him. When one sinner repents, we're told the heavens rejoice. And finally, resist giving God the leftovers. This is the thing that is not that is not existing in a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, whose heart has been transformed by the Holy Spirit. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's important. We just don't want to be a people all in. Doesn't, it doesn't mean that we give him whatever's left over. We give him the very last fruits. For those who are truly all in, it means that the very first fruits, the very best of you goes to God because you realize he's the giver of all good things. Now, let's go back to our original question what is your life ultimately about? I know you have other loves, but what's your supreme love? I know you have other tasks. What's your supreme task? Other callings, what's your supreme calling? What's your overarching calling? And I'm saying that God has brought you here in his sovereign plan because he needs you here because your gifts, talents, abilities, and resources, although they may be similar to other people, are not exactly like others. They're not demonstrated exactly like someone else. They're not expressed exactly like someone else. So you fill a hole in this congregation that literally only you can fill. And that's why God has called you here. So are you all in? Where are you on the growth path? Are you growing in community? Are you making a difference? Are you, or have you gone all in with your resources? Now, why why is this important? Let me give you two quick illustrations and I'll be finished. First, when I was a little boy, I must've been 12 or 13 years old. I noticed during the summer (laughs) that there was an opportunity to make a lot of money if you were willing to, to mow lawns. So in the little town I grew up in, I went to my father and say, dad, I know you've got some mowers in the garage. Can you repair one of those? And I wanna go up to where all the doctors and lawyers live in a place called Golf Course Acres. And I wanna knock on their doors and see if I can mow their lawns and make money this summer. Now, none of my brothers wanted to do that, man, but I, I wanted to have some money in my pocket for those big cherry slushes and those big gulps at 7-Eleven. I wanted, I wanted to go make some money and I didn't wanna just sit around. So my dad, provided me with a mower and I started mowing the lawns. Well, these doctors and lawyers, their yards are huge. It would take me an entire day. Now I'd get paid $20 a yard, which was big money back in the seventies, right? But it would take me a full day. And I started thinking, how can I do more yards? It's taken me a week to do five yards. I can make a lot more money if I can do it faster. And my dad introduced me to the riding lawn mower. Now, think about it. Now, suddenly I have greater horsepower engine. Now that thing will run. Plus, it's a lot easier. I just sit on it and he juiced it up a little bit, kept the blade sharpened for me, and I could do two, sometimes three yards in one day. I was rolling in the cash. Now, the, the question is, why did I go from here to here? And the, the answer is, when you, the bigger the horsepower, the more impact and influence you have. This is what I'm trying to say. What would happen if everybody in our church became all in? Whoo! Right now, we anticipate somewhere around 18 to 25 percent are all in. What if 100 percent of our people were all in? Do you know how big a horsepower engine we would have? What we would be able to accomplish? You look at what God has already done. Matt Chavez and West Coast Campus. Man, that campus is growing. Matt is a rock star, but you know he's going to need a facility. And it's so doable if everybody's all in. It's not hard. It doesn't require incredible sacrifice. It just means that everybody's all in and we do this thing together. If everybody's all in, if we've done this much with 25% all in, what would happen with 100? I see it one day. I can see it at the end of my life. When Christ does come, I see this parade and Christ we're we're told in Philippians that we are the trophies we're the trophies we are the we are the reward awards to Christ for his salvation and for his commitment and for his sacrifice so i can see all these great churches who've done great things in the community marching through a parade and Jesus is the one watching and it brings tears to his eyes when he sees all the people who sacrificed and loved and had compassion and We're going to be in the parade. We're we're the trophies. We're the awards. And we're marching and we're waving and smiling. He's waving at us. But I also know that there will be many people that came to this place that were called by God to this place, but they won't be in the parade because they never got out of the stands onto the field. They never went all in. They were part and parcel to this place, but they never made things happen. You remember the three types of people? Some make things happen. Some watch things happen. And some wonder what happened. The revelation of which group you're in is the ultimate revelation of your heart. There is no more important question than this. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your treasure? Where is your passion? What do you care most about in your life? And what's interesting and ironic, the answer to that question also cures. It's also the remedy for your depression and anxiety and frustration. Because as I've said thousands of times before, your soul knows deep inside what you're living for. And if your soul knows it's living only for the temporary, for building your own kingdom, it will be frustrated, anxious, and depressed. But if your soul, if everything inside you, the essential you knows that you're living for something that can never fade, something that can never be shaken, a kingdom that will last forever, your countenance will rise And you'll be able to go out and live a life that Jesus called the abundant life when he said, he who loses his life to his kingdom will find it for the kingdom of Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So what's your step? I know this is a lot of information. We give it to you because we love you. (laughs) We're not building our kingdom. We're building God's kingdom. The older I get, the more I realize how futile my kingdom is. And I've said before that all of us pastors will always struggle the difference between building our own kingdom and building Christ's kingdom. And I hope and pray that God will continue to build his kingdom and I would never do anything to forfeit that. That my motivation and your motivation would always be pure, that we would never think that we're smarter than anybody else, better than anybody else, but we would consider ourselves privileged to be workers together with God in the greatest endeavor known to man. So here's my advice to you. Back in Elizabeth Elizabethan, Tennessee, every summertime, we would go up to a place called the Blue Hole. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the bottom of this beautiful waterfall. It's deep, deep water. It's, it's so dark blue. And over the years, we discovered why. Because it's so deep, no one's ever touched the bottom. Now, there are other pools that are like 15, 20 feet deep in certain sections. But the ultimate blue hole where we do the swimming... People have actually died thinking they could touch the bottom and stay down too long. True story. Google it. Blue Hole, Hampton, Tennessee. My first time at the Blue Hole, my friend said, man, you, you can't think of all those stories. There's, you can't think of all the things that could happen to you. If you do, you'll, never, you'll, you'll be paralyzed. You'll never drop in. You'll never dive in. You got to get on this rope and we're going to push you and you're going to swing out and you're going to dive in. And for the longest time, I just sat there frozen. I, I don't know if I want to do this, man. I, I, you know, th- this could be bad. And finally, one of them said, Are You going or not? Just dive in. I got on the rope and I said, Push me. And that was it. They pushed me. I dropped in. That was some of the coldest water, but also because it was a hot, humid summer, it was also some of the most enjoyable. And you know, I would go back to the blue hole almost probably two or three times a week during my summer, all the way up till I went to college. You know what my advice to you is? You're terrified. You're terrified of getting on the growth path. You're terrified of of starting to give your resources the way that honors God. Can I tell you something? If you'll do that, if you'll do that, it'll be your best life you've ever lived. And together we will be able to change the world for the cause of Christ. I wanna give you one final example of what can happen if we do this. God has opened a door for our church you know, when you, when you meet somebody like Ajay Law and Ajay asked me to come over and do leadership training and I do, but there's a part of me down deep inside that knows no one is gonna reach India like Ajay Law. When we introduce them for Chizanga and when Stella comes from Nairobi, Kenya and they come into our midst and we see what they're doing around the world, they do ask us to come and I'll do leadership training and I'll do some vision casting and Michael will come with me oftentimes and do some counseling and tell his story but the reality is we know that nobody's gonna reach Zimbabwe better than Denver Chizanga. Nobody's gonna reach Kenya better than Stella. But do you know something? There's a great revival coming. I believe that before the end comes. And because of our ministry through one and all media, God has opened doors for us in post-Christian Europe. When I did my study break last year in Armenia and in Georgia, both these countries, I met an entire generation of young people who are reading the Bible but don't have anyone to explain it to them. There are no evangelical churches in existence in Georgia or Armenia. Did you know that? Even though Armenia is declared a Christian country, you only really go to church to be married or to be buried, but there's no evangelical outreach or church in either one of those countries. The same is true in much of post-Christian Europe, not all of it. If you and I came together because you're only as strong externally as you are internally. If you and I come together and we go all in, we're not only going to change this valley with our four campuses and the care center and people far from God are going to come near and there's going to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus in every home in this valley as we partner with other churches to make that happen. Intentionality. But if you go all in, God, for some reason, this little church in San Dimas, California, God has clearly opened a door for us to start taking the gospel here. To establish organic groups, not build buildings, not build huge church facilities, but to go in and teach and train and minister to all of these young adults who are open to the gospel because they don't have a bad history with it, that are seeking and searching given the state of our world. And I'm telling you, you'll hear more about this as time passes, but I'm telling you, we are poised and ready to take the gospel back to Europe. And if you know anything about our founding, the gospel came from Europe to the Americas and now it's void. We can take Jesus back and give him to an entire generation that is desperately searching for answers in the midst of all the confusion and turmoil of a world that has gone mad. Just dive in. Immerse yourself The greatest adventure of your life starts when you say, I'm all in for Christ and his kingdom. Father, thank you. I pray that everyone who's heard this, no matter where they are around the world, would be awakened and perhaps even reawakened to the truth that you have called us to be part of a local community, to use our gifts, talents, and abilities to do something that's immeasurably more than we could ever imagine, ask for, hope for. I pray for an anointing on one and all in this church as we take the gospel to our community to change this nation one city at a time and then to step through a door that has been opened as we encourage the next generation of young people here in our church and young adults to take the gospel to their counterparts in post-Christian Europe. In Christ's name I pray, amen.
0: You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you make me wonder.